You're listening to another edition of the Gold and Blue Nation podcast, brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawfirm.com. The WVU football team unfortunately lost another game here on Saturday night in Austin, Texas. Ryan Decker, Sam Coniglio here with you to break things down and recap West Virginia's third loss of this season. WVU now 2-3 and three on the year, 0-2 oh in Big 12 play. Sam, WVU falling on the road at Texas, and really in, in many cases, I think this game was just pretty much summed up by the ball did not and will not at times bounce West Virginia's way. Yeah, there, there was a lot of bad luck for West Virginia, but let's not kid ourselves here. I mean, WVU lost that game, you yeah. know what I mean? They, the, they were soundly beaten. Um, by Texas. Uh, the Texas offense was rolling. West Virginia's offense was moving, but not enough, not fast enough to, to, get, to get over the line. And, and yeah, I mean, but yeah, like you said, the ball didn't bounce the right way in, in a lot of ways, and they, they couldn't get it done, unfortunately, for, for the Mountaineers. Yeah, if you watch that game, there were two big instances where the ball did not bounce West Virginia's way in this game. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but to recap how things went down in case you didn't see the game or in case you weren't able to see it to completion. The Mountaineers fell behind quickly in this one, falling behind 28-zip before scoring late in the second quarter. That was Caden Prather hauling in, hauling in his second touchdown grab of the season. WVU trailed 35-7 after three quarters of play. Mountaineers scored twice after halftime there in the fourth quarter, but end up losing by a final score of 38 to 20 in favor of the Texas Longhorns. And that now evens up the all-time series record between these two teams at six and six. Sam, when looking back at this game, uh, really it was a case of West Virginia got down into a hole early on that it couldn't climb out of, especially with the way that WVU's rushing game was very well corralled and limited by Texas and the way that uh, in other parts of the game on offense, it, production was just hard to come by at times. Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at the offensive stats, they're good, not great. I mean, they averaged over four yards per play. I mean, if, if, you, if you're getting over four yards of play, you're getting first downs. But, I mean, they, weren't, they were missing those chunk plays. They were they were getting short yardage plays all the whole game. JT Daniels completed only three passes over 20 yards. The WV WV running backs only ran for double digit yards once in the entire game. So those chunk plays were lacking, and that that's how WV has won games by getting those big plays. I mean, against Towson, sure you can say it's Towson, but they had a near perfect game because they had big plays. Virginia Tech, they had massive plays to, uh, to, to, to go over the Hokies. They weren't there this week, and, and that's, that's really where they kind of, that's where the drives were stalling out, and, and uh, yeah, they weren't, they weren't able to get any points on the board early on. When you talk about those big chunk plays that West Virginia wasn't able to get on the other side of things, if you look at the Texas wide receiving core, uh, a 45-yard catch for Xavier Worthy every wide receiver for Texas who caught a pass in this game had at least a catch of 15 yards. Four uh, pass catchers in this game for Texas had a catch of at least 24 yards or longer. So th those were one of the stats there that we were mentioning uh, or, or were kind of indicative of how this game went. And here's a couple others. WVU held to just 61 rushing yards as a team Saturday night in Austin. 
JT Daniels, 29 of 48 passing as a 60% completion percentage, 253 yards and one touchdown. If you look at West Virginia's receiving core, Bryce Ford Wheaton, Sam James, Caden Prather, 23 catches combined between the three. That's a good sign for those three receivers. However, everyone else on the Mountaineers had just six catches in this game, and Texas uh, really outgains West Virginia in, in a lot of different scenarios. And the biggest thing, Sam, at least for me in this game, take the fourth quarter out when Texas was had already had the game in hand at that point and uh, was just looking to run out the clock in, in a various different ways. Uh, Mountaineers really struggled on third down. Finished the game 9 of 18 on third down, but for much of that game, it was really behind the eight ball on third down. Oh, yeah. I mean, they did well on fourth down, but, yeah, like you said, 50% on third down. And, and even, you know, like you said, like you mentioned, the, when Texas was trying to run the clock out, WVU kind of helped them out a little bit because their drives were – they had three scoring drives in, in the game, um, but they were long. WVU scoring drives averaged 15 plays. The, uh, Texas averaged six plays per touchdown, and they scored more touchdowns. They were able to move the ball faster and more efficiently, um, and, and they, needed they only had half as many uh, third downs, period. So, I, I mean, yeah, efficiency both on third down and efficiency just in general just lacked for WVU. They, they dominated possession. They ran more plays. They just weren't moving the ball as much as Texas. And some of that came down to the luck factor that we mentioned a little while ago of the ball not bouncing West Virginia's way. The two big plays that really stick that point home are the touchdown that Texas had where it kind of went the opposite way of the pick six that WVU, or the, I, should, I guess I should say that Pitt had against WVU in the season opener where the West Virginia's Aubrey Burks tips the pass and ends up being Xavier Woods who comes down with it in the end zone. Kind of the opposite of what happened uh, in some respects there against Pitt on the season opener. And then the onside kick that Caden Prather almost had, just that ball just not not bouncing into his hands simply. Yeah, I mean, when Burks, when Burks extended, high pointed that ball, it was one of those plays that you replay in your mind in slow motion. Yeah. It looked like he picked that off and made a perfect play on it. And then Worthy was just lying down on the end zone waiting for it to, to land in his arms. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then you point out the Prather onside kick. Um, you, you know, it, Obviously, it's in question whether or not it would have helped them win, per se, because it was a three-possession game with right. four, four and a half minutes left. But still, like you said, I mean, we turned to each other in the office and just said, is, is, it's just not going to go their way this week. So, yeah, I mean, that definitely, definitely a wild game for West Virginia, but a lot of things they could have done better to, to, to earn a win. A lot of things they could have done better. So that's our recap of the game. Here is head coach Neil Brown giving his thoughts right after the loss at Texas Saturday night. Um, disappointing, really, first half for us. Uh, credit Texas, thought they outplayed us early. They are. Uh, they took control. You know, I really felt like they they won the game within the first 15 minutes. Um, really felt like we could come in here and, and and win the game. We knew they were. We would get their best based on how they how they're. You know, they basically two plays away from being undefeated, and so extremely talented. We just didn't make any plays in the first half. I mean, I could sit here and say a bunch of things, but we just didn't make any plays. I mean, we had five drops. I think three of them were either on third or fourth down. We missed a bunch of tackles. Um, they were running around like they're playing on air in the second. I mean, that's that's what it is, you know. And I uh, thought there was four keys, and, and we were 0 for, 0 for 4. You know, I thought turnover margin would be a key. 
Um, I could be wrong, but I think it was, I don't think either team turned the ball over. You know, we had our hand on two picks. Um, you know, I thought the rushing game was going was gonna to be a factor, and they outrushed us. We, we struggled. They mixed up their front. They're, I thought they're big guys in the middle. Uh, we felt like that was the strength. It was strength on strength, and their strength won. Um, explosive plays wasn't close. I don't, I don't know what the number is. They don't keep the stats, but um, I think everybody in here pretty much knows that, that that was a lot to a little. And then the last thing was field position in the kicking game, which was probably close to even. You know, um, but didn't force a takeaway. They they ran the ball better than we did, and they made a ton of explosive plays, and, and we didn't. Um, you know, I thought that uh, we played better, competed better in the second half, but it was it was a little too late. You know, and um, but I do credit our guys for coming out and, and competing in the second half. I thought we played much better on defense. Had our hands, had a chance to make the pick there on the opening drive. Um, you know, but. That, but didn't get it done. You know, it's been a tough first five games. You know, we got a beat up crew. Um, we've got kind of a half a bye week, not a real bye week, but kind of a half a bye week. We need some time to, to re regroup. Um, we got to get better. We know that. You know, but I do think we have some pieces that can they can win games like this. You know, in our league, and that's what we got the rest of the way is league games. And you got a chance to win them all, and you got a chance to lose them all, and it's going to be really tightly contested. Uh, you know, not just for us, but for everybody. There he is, head coach Neil Brown following WVU's 38-20 loss at Texas Saturday night in Austin. We'll wrap up things here right after a word from our sponsor. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Unexpected hurdle? Pritt and Spano. Unseen circumstance? Pritt and Spano. Personal injury, criminal law, flash wills, family law. You need a firm that will be with you through it all. Pritt and Spano. Their passionate team will employ their resources and unique perspectives to deliver the most effective representation. When you find yourself in need, turn to those who will fight for you. Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers. Find them at yourwvlawfirm.com. Ryan Decker and Sam Coniglio here with you on the Gold and Blue Nation podcast, recapping West Virginia's 18-point loss at Texas Saturday night on the first evening of October. West Virginia now 2-3 and three on the year, 0-2 oh in Big 12 play this season. Sam will uh, look ahead to West Virginia's schedule here coming up in just a few moments, but Two big injuries that uh, at least need mentioned here on the podcast. Not a lot of updates on either of these injuries, but, but worth mentioning. Uh, tight end Mike O'Laughlin leaving the game in the first half with what appeared to be a lower body injury. He did not return. So we'll see uh, what his status is moving forward. But certainly he, he's dealt with these injuries before in his career, and hopefully he's able to get back out of the field. Yeah, like, I mean, like we mentioned earlier, the ball just not bouncing your way. That Mike O'Laughlin has had bad luck right. his entire career. Um, and again, like that, that, that hit went perfectly on his uh, on his braced knee. I mean, again, we're not going to speculate what what happened there, but watching that in slow motion, you, you could tell something went wrong. But he was able to walk off on his own power. Um, so we'll, we'll, let's hope for the best for Mike. Yeah, that, that was the good news for Mike O'Laughlin with his injury that he was able to walk off the field under his own power after being down for a few moments there on the field. Uh, conversely, though. C.J. Donaldson suffered what appeared to be an upper body injury on a run there in the third quarter. He was taken off of the field into a local hospital uh, via stretcher. Uh, head coach Neil Brown did say after the game 
that Donaldson Jr. is alert and stable uh, and able to move, to move all of his extremities there after the game, and he's awaiting further tests at the hospital there in Texas. So that's the good news that you know he is up and awake and alert and moving around there a little bit at the hospital, but uh, certainly a scary sight there when you see C.J. Donaldson, who's been one of the stars of this WVU offense, laying down on the turf and really was never able to get up under his own power. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of those reality checks in this sport. I mean, I'm, I love football. I, I, it's, you know, one of my favorite sports in the world, but, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a real thing that these, these guys are putting their bodies, their lives on the line um, to, to do it. And it's, <laughs> it, it really sucked the air out of the stadium. Even, even watching the game, you could see at DKR, it was, it was a lot quieter. WVU was able to finish the drive with a touchdown, get a touchdown for CJ there. But I mean, man, it was it was a different mood after that. It was <laughs> it's kind of hard to re it was one of those things. It was hard to remember what happened before that injury right. afterwards. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 great that Neil gave us that that update that he's able to move and um, again hoping for the best prayers for CJ. Yeah, certainly prayers and our thoughts going out to him and, and his family as well who, you know, likely was not there at the game and unfortunately had to watch that like like the rest of us did, but that meant a lot more to them. Um, you know, that injury and the, the reality of that injury. Uh, of course, you can head to goldenbluenation.com for more thoughts from Neil Brown on that injury uh, as well as I think a couple other players spoke about that injury and that situation after the game so you can head to our website for those reactions uh, not only on that but, but on all the reactions from this game but moving forward for the Mountaineers because uh, they, they will move forward following this loss uh, they are off this coming Saturday so week six they are idle no no contest scheduled week seven they are home against Baylor on Thursday October 13th another Thursday night game for the Mountaineers this year the third and final scheduled Thursday night contest for the Mountaineers this season. That's going to be at home against Baylor on October 13th. Uh, not sure of what Baylor's ranking, of course, will be at that time, but it's another ranked team that West Virginia will play and really starting uh, starting this evening, Saturday night, but really moving forward, the schedule gets very tough for the Mountaineers. Yeah, I mean, the Big 12 is a fun league this year as a spectator. I wouldn't want to be a coach or a player in this league necessarily because it's week in, week out. It's, it's, a, it's a grind. It's a gauntlet, but... Um, <laughs> I mean, Texas was was on kind of going down. It seemed like uh, after a couple of tough, after a tough loss, their first loss was to Alabama, and they only lost by one point. But you know, the, they seem to be kind of on, on a downward momentum, and they came in and they were a solid team. Baylor again, they got a they got a tough loss to Oklahoma State today, um, but I mean, they're still one of the top teams in the league, still one of the top teams in the country, probably. So. I mean, no, no easy, no easy outs for West Virginia. Even Kansas, they're they're undefeated, man. <laughs> that that's 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 saying something about and how tough the league is. And this college year. game day is going to Lawrence for the first time ever this coming <laughs> Saturday. And of course, Unreal. you know, West Virginia fans won't have a WVU game to watch there in Week Six. So uh, I think a lot of fans are going to be really excited to watch what happens there in Lawrence. Not only with college game day, of course, but with with everything that happens there in Lawrence. But but as you were saying, the Big Twelve is a fun league this year. Uh, it's interesting how some of the powers that at least we thought coming into this season are towards the bottom of the Big 12, and some of those teams that we didn't expect to be to, at the top of the Big 12 are at the top of the conference standings as of right now. But, you know, that, that's, that's why they play the games, exactly. as they say. It seems like every year, with, with the exception of a couple uh, entries by Oklahoma, it always seems like the Big 12 kind of 
shoots itself in the foot in terms of a playoff <laughs> bid, and this might—I think this is going to happen again this year, without a doubt. So, but I mean, that's for the betterment of the league, I believe. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll always love some good parity, even if it does kind of knock you out of that national conversation. Parity is always a good thing. But that'll do it for us here in Morgantown on this latest edition of the Gold and Blue Nation podcast. Make sure to stick with us at GoldenBlueNation.com and always on the always free Golden Blue Nation app. For Sam Coniglio, I'm Ryan Decker. This has been the Golden Blue Nation podcast brought to you as always by Pritt and Spano, West Virginia's lawyers, your WVLawFirm.com.